This is the Hidden White Podcast, episode 692 with Jennifer Carroll. Enjoy. Welcome to the Hidden Wise 30-minute power segment. I am passionate about creating a lifestyle that minimizes suffering and regret. The purpose of life is not simply to survive, but to thrive, and I believe we do that by creating a life with greater freedom, fulfillment, and happiness. Each week, I'll be delivering a 30-minute conversation with a guest expert on a topic that they are knowledgeable and passionate about with the purpose to inspire and educate us all. I don't have all the answers. I'm simply trying to figure life out. And through greater awareness and understanding, I can put into practice what I learn to further my life's progression. I can't give you your life's map. I can't show you the way, but I can assist you in discovering your why. I can help you define your life's compass to guide you purposefully to act on and pursue your life's desires. And from there, watch happiness ensue. My guests are the experts. They are the people I learn from. They provide the inspiration, education, and methodology that we can all benefit from in better navigating the ultimate life. Without further ado, let the show begin. Today's featured guest is Jennifer Carroll. The topic is legacy. Jennifer is a former TV news reporter turned wife, mother, desperate housewife, author, speaker, caregiver, and now widow. With her ever-essent personality and humor, she has channeled her grief into a passionate message of resilience and lessons learned through loss. Her motto is to engage people with laughter, move them to tears, and inspire action that will better their years. Guys, this is a really heartfelt conversation with Jennifer about her loss, the grief process, but also great philosophies on living a life and leaving a huge legacy. Enjoy the show. Cheers. Jennifer, welcome to the Hidden White Podcast. How are you today? I am great. How are you, Lee? I'm uh, excited. I'm, I'm pumped to have you here today, and I'm looking forward to talking about uh, the topic of conversation, legacy, but also aligned with your book, which is launching um, by the time this podcast launches. It will have been published and on the shelves ready for the audience to pick up a great copy of that as well. It is Beyond Invincible, Live Large, Live Long, and Leave a Profound Legacy. Um, so tell us, Jennifer, why Jennifer Lee, I should say, we've got a shared same name there. Tell us why legacy is, is such an important topic for you that um, it inspired you to write a book. Okay. <laughs> yes. So six years ago, I sadly lost the love of my life to prostate cancer. Mm. Tragically, 97% of men survived this disease if diagnosed early, but my late husband thought he was invincible and didn't believe in going to the doctor. And so sadly his story didn't end well. And he was one of, you know, he was one of these people that died of this sad disease. Yeah. And I've been trying to figure out you know, my life and I have adult children and we've been trying to figure out this life without this very important person in our lives, mm. which has been a challenge. You can hear in my throat. It's still, it's still a journey. It's still a journey of grief and self-discovery. But I will say that it is amazing. I'm finding as the years go on, how Phil really did live his life to leave a legacy. Like he really did live these Phil, we call it, they came to be known as the philosophies of life. His name was Phil. <laughs> like and he lived a certain way that with every year I'm overwhelmed how many people and friends and I bump into people and they're like, you know, when I'm in business or if I'm out with my family or when I'm in the, when it, they're, I think of Phil and what would Phil do so many times that he really, 
you know, he thought he was invincible. He thought he was unstoppable. Hmm. He should have gone to the doctor to get checked. But in fact, even beyond his years, he is beyond invincible. He lived on because he lived his life every day to leave a legacy. And it was almost as if he knew, because he lived in such a large way that he was exhausting to be around because he just lived with so much vim and vigor. It was almost like he knew secretly that he had to cram 100 years into 50 (laughs) because he just, he, you know, seized the day to say the least. Had passion and purpose, as you'd say. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, tragic story. Um, I mean, it sounds like, um, you know, you're, you're you're using the best of this story and, and this tragedy in your life um, to leave your own legacy now as well, which is great great to see and hear. Um, so tell us tell us a little bit. Obviously, there's a there's a personal connection to legacy, but what is legacy? What is leaving a legacy? Well, you know, there's different forms of legacy, but legacy to me, like leaving a profound legacy, is just truly. Let me ask you, and let me ask your audience. You know, if you were hit by the proverbial bus today Hmm. and your significant other, because I know you have a wife and some kids and if the viewers, if they're the listeners, significant other person was writing a book about them, writing about their philosophies or their leosophies of life or standing in a room full of peers and friends and family or speaking on their behalf, what what would the story be? What would your story be? What would the the leosophies be? What would the philosophies be? What would the genosophies be? And I believe that that is, and what, you know, what are your kids sharing or what are your grandkids going to remember? The, even the grandkids that you maybe never have yet, like Phil wasn't around to see his grandkids, but yet I believe that because of these, this way he lived his life with these philosophies of life that were just so empowering that he, his grandkids will know him because his lessons and his legacy and the way he lived his life will be passed on through the generations. And it, that is truly how we can be beyond invincible. Okay. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. So what sometimes I feel about a legacy is it puts this higher expectation on us. I mean, if I look at my life now and I'll stand it, you know, there'd be some disappointments about um, some things that I missed out on doing and things like that. And I'm quite aware mm-hmm. of that and um, certainly gives me a bit more motivation every day to live purposefully. Um, but yes. do you sort of feel that, you know, having a profound legacy might put some sort of um, external or internal pressure on a person that um, actually leaves them sort of always living a little bit unfulfilled? Interesting. So one of Phil's legacies is that he always celebrated even the smallest of victories. So as you say that, you know, being positive is another one. You must stay positive and you, and, and not live the horizon theory where, you know, you move towards the horizon. Guess what? The horizon moves. You take another few steps. It continues to move and you can't keep living life based on this, delusion that when I get there, I'm going to be happy. Yes, I'm not saying put added pressure, but also are there philosophies of life that you're living, for example, to celebrate life, to celebrate even the smallest of victories, to pause on this journey of life and to stop every once in a while and look where you're at and turn around and look where you came from and recognize that even the baby steps are significant and and celebrate. I mean, I wrote this book. It was a very challenging book to write. And it was part of my grieving process. Mm. But I remember one day feeling like, oh, what am I doing? And I'd got through most of it. And I had a, a transcript that was about an inch and a half that, you know, thick at that point. And I, 
I, I just was standing looking out of the ocean because this is when I lived in California and I'm in my apartment and writing away and I put the manuscript on the ground and I stood on it and I felt an inch and a half taller and you know it just <laughs> empowered me to just keep going you know what I've gone an inch and a half there's another you know quarter of an inch to go. And I had to celebrate these victories. And these are things. And the other thing is another philosophy of life is that life is not what we do. I mean, Phil was very successful. He created many businesses. He he created tremendous wealth in his life, but he was, it wasn't what he did. It was who he did it with. The people that were in his life literally out of college and that he met in his early 20s are still his people and they're my people. They're our dysfunctional extended family as we like to joke. And that's another real great philosophy of life is that no matter what we do, it's the people we do it with that really make all the difference. Mm. And, you know, I was, I've been asked a whole bunch of times, you know, what was the thing you learned, the greatest lesson you learned through Phil's death? And it's simple. It's a very simple answer that all the things that matter to us so much in life, all the stuff, the cars, the watches, even even the trips, the things, even riding the corporate ladder, reaching the top, getting a big bonus, making all this money. When you're lying on your deathbed, none of that matters. At 52, the only thing that mattered to Phil was all the people that held his hand and loved him in those final hours and in that in that challenging last you know six months of his life when he was truly dying that's all that matters mm. is that love and love is all that matters and so mm. these are simple things i mean i hope that that answers your question because no the, the important things in life don't involve pressure they involve love and they involve celebration and they involve staying positive and focusing on a, a purpose project instead of just a financially driven project. And all those things are what I think, I hope will bring inner peace to you and your listeners and have to me in that our legacy is really a legacy of love. Simply put, a legacy of love. Yeah, I like it. And a lot of um, really cool uh, philosophies in there, philosophies. I can't say <laughs> it as well as you do. Celebrate the small wins. I think that's really important. What are the I mean, you said you just put your transcript on the ground and stood on it and felt a, an inch taller. I think you look like a pretty tall lady anyway. But um, <laughs> what, are, what are some of the, like, how do you celebrate a small win? Like, I have small wins, you know, in the day, and I, I probably don't pause enough to um, really enjoy that moment, um, although I'm aware, you know, what, what sort of things can we do to celebrate these small wins? I think starting is just an acknowledgement and uh, in a moment of accomplishment and just to really just recognize that, you know, even if it didn't even turn out quite the way you wanted to, you've put your best foot forward. I believe, and I watched Phil, especially in that last year, learn that, I mean, this is a guy that ran marathons and triathlons and was lean and fit and surfed and snowboarded. And, and at the end of his life, walking in our backyard to his grapefruit tree hmm. and checking out his ruby grapefruits that weren't very ruby, I will tell you, and <laughs> standing there and but... holding them, these very yellow ruby grapefruits, <laughs> and then walking back without his oxygen tank and sitting in his big chair that used to, he'd fill to the max and, you know, at those late stages would just, 
he just was this little waif of his former self. Just to do though that one thing and walk was a celebration. Yeah. And just to acknowledge that and to feel proud that, you know, one step forward or even like, yeah, sorry, even I, it's one step forward, two steps back sometimes. Then one step forward, two steps back, two steps forward, one step back. But as long as you're moving forward to a goal every day, it may not, you might not get through all your checklist of to-dos, but it's important that we remember that we're not, we're human beings and not human doings. So we need to allow ourselves to be in a moment of gratitude and a moment of respect and a moment of just recognizing that we are doing our very best and that we are moving forward to a goal. And I think it's a really important lesson to teach our children as well, of course, because that's a huge part of our legacy is, you know, our children and how they're, how they're raised and how they carry on the things that we learn how to do right. And the things that we learn, maybe not like, Trust me, my son and my daughter and I are very proactive about our health more than ever because the one thing I feel learned too late that was the most important philosophy of life was to be proactive about your health and to get checked. Hmm. He didn't believe in going to the doctor. He actually bragged about it. And at the end of the day, if you don't have health, you don't have anything. Health has to be number one. It has to be the way you have to value it first and foremost because it's a bit scary isn't it sometimes I'm, I'm a bit the same to perhaps your your late husband phil and uh, recently i went to the doctors and went through all these health checks and stuff and it's something that i've never done before um but i was just encouraged to and it was bloody scary but i came out nice and clean but um still um it's something that i don't do often enough and you know friendly reminder for myself included well lee that's great to hear and that's what i really you know my whole bottom line to this message is a live large live long hmm. Yes, it's important to live large, but we do need to live long. And in order to, you know, we all have a birthday. We all have a death day. So what do we do in the middle? And let's push that death day as far out into the future as possible. To be, in, you know, to be invincible, to live long is to have the ability to walk your daughter down the aisle and watch your son live out his dream and grow old as the person that you love. Yeah. And work on your businesses and live on your live live out your dreams but it's just getting that information and i know a lot of your listeners are entrepreneurs and have that very entrepreneurial unstoppable spirit but it's really important to just value health number 1 and to realize that you can't take care of all the things you take care of you can't continue to take care of your family and your business and all your staff if you're not healthy and so get the information that you would typically get on your business deals, get it in your health. And yes, it's a bit scary. And yes, it involves going to the doctor. And, you know, there's, there's solutions out there. I know in, in North America, we have an organization called MDVIP, which is a concierge medical practice that has a thousand doctors across the country in the United States. And it's a concierge service. And I don't know, I think I know there's that service in Canada as well. But it's just it's a way you can actually have like a concierge treatment where you pay a little bit up front. It does go through your insurance, but you don't have to wait. You know, you don't have to wait in line. You can get in to see your doctor within a day of calling and they do a thorough, thorough physical examination. So that's something I'm really, you know, encouraging people to get involved with, especially here in the United States. Absolutely. Health is uh, is a fundamental element. Um, If we want to live a 
a long life, but um, you know, a, a full life too, a free life, a happy life. I think it's it's fundamental. And you know, you go back to that point earlier where you said, you know, we're, we're so focused on these material possessions, this stuff, um, this achievements, this climbing the corporate ladder, um, that we often neglect our health. And you see it so often out there. You know, people in their in their forties or fifties or whatever it might be um, that seem to have reached you know a good grand um, status point, um, but their health is absolutely shit and and or um, other parts of their life is, is terrible as well. Perhaps their relationships are suffering, and you talk about love as being, you know, the fundamental part of living a legacy, and and that also suffers when we chase these material possessions. So, I think it's a really important point. Um, one other comment you made before was being positive. Now, I really like the idea of being positive, but something that I've been thinking about recently is that you know we're often so positive that sometimes we neglect to look at some of the. I guess the negative sides of our life, uh, the negative sides of reality. And like, how do you find that, that sort of balance point where, you know, we do have to still look at, Hey, the, the hard facts of life and this is how it actually is. Because if we're all positive, sometimes we can let those sort of negative things just slip aside and perhaps that could be detrimental for us. Um, down the track. Right. You're right. It's, it's very true because I'm actually, I say, you know, I'm, my book is very positive, but I do talk about putting my listeners and my audience and my, you know, on their deathbed and, you know, you know, just asking them questions, like not only, you know, how have you lived your legacy, but, you know, what would you pay for more time and, and, and how do you value more time if you were put in that situation? So, so yes, it is putting them in a negative situation, but staying positive there's a, there's, you know, Phil was genius at it. It's almost like he had bulletproof wrist guards where he was just able to, you know, repel the negative to the point of it, you know, it was almost his greatest attribute that he just saw the world really through rose colored glasses, which was a really admirable thing he was able to do. And I write about it in my book about having this attitude of gratitude and just really seeing the opportunities and not the obstacles. But on the same side, he took it almost too too much to an extreme where it blocked his vision of the hard sense of reality and that people do get sick and they, they do die at 52 or younger or older or, Mm. and, and, and they just maybe need to do something they don't want to do, like go to the doctor and get some information that will allow them to make really good decisions. He was a great decision maker, Mm. but he didn't have all the information. And when he finally went to a doctor after having symptoms of prostate cancer, which is he was urinating often and he wasn't able to empty his bladder and he was 47 at the time. And so this even prostate cancer wasn't a big conversation for him or amongst his friends. He finally kind of had to go to the doctor because it was getting in the way of his life. He found he had stage four prostate cancer. Hmm. So, you know, I just, I also, you know, want to, you know, talk about the book and how it really is. It starts out being a, this our story, a Phil's story to success, rise to success, made his first million at, in his early twenties, and then our love story, and then some, you know, and then he got, got cancer, and then the second half is the lessons that we learned living while dying, and lessons that 
are life lessons, like how to live a value-based life and how to make decisions based on our values. Because all of a sudden, Phil couldn't say yes to everything. He had to say no because he was dealing with cancer. And so it became number one, which I wish it had become number one before then, but now it was definitely number one. And so as life came at us with opportunities, we had to make choices and we just based it on our values. And so there's these lessons and I, I just share stories about going through this challenging time with Phil and some of the le- stories are of him living large, but more significantly the, the, the lessons we learned living while he was dying that I think really can shed some light on people's lives and maybe looking back and seeing what they're paying attention to. And is it really making them happy? And is it really creating the love relationships that they have in their life to make their life more purposeful as mm. you talk about? And more significant, and and do they leave words unspoken? Like there's a whole chapter on leaving no, no words unspoken, and the importance of just sharing your thoughts and and sharing your words with the people that you love. Yeah, I love when there's a, a book written that's really from a personal experiencing and sharing, um, you know, the lessons from that journey. I think it creates that emotional connection with the writer. Um, even like you know, having you on the podcast today, I think there's. You can just, you can, you know, this is why I love interviewing um, authors because I can really find out about what sort of person the author is. You don't have to sort of talk too much about what's in the book. We get a, a fairly good idea of how that story is going to go, how that book's going to go, and, and the, um, you know, multitude of lessons that are going to be in there. I mean, you've, you've mentioned a handful in the, um, in, the, in the short time that we've had together today. So I think, um, and they're profound. They're profound lessons that are life lessons for everyone to sort of think about and reflect on. Um, Jennifer, what I want to sort of finish on is talking about legacy. And um, when we hear this word legacy, sometimes it can put us, as I said before, I think it can put people under a bit of pressure saying, well, what's my legacy? How do I want to be remembered by, you know, what can I do to, to change things up? How do we sort of identify how to live a, a large legacy, how to live a profound legacy? Like how do we identify that? Um, well, uh, once again, I'm I'm an expert in my story, and I just I'm a storyteller, and I can just all I can really do is give these little gems of ideas that were profound in my experience. For example, I got a call from my son. This was when Phil was very very sick, and he's a professional hockey player, six four, two twenty, no teeth, and he's playing hockey up in Canada, and he I can barely make out his words. He's weeping on the phone. This big guy who probably just beat up some guy on the ice, trying to get his puck, and I I, I almost hung up. And he said, "Mom, I just had this panic attack. What if Dad died suddenly, and he doesn't know how I feel?" I said, Austin, of course he knows how you feel. He, you, he loves you. But here's an idea. Dad loves letters. You know how much dad loves cards. And it's almost Christmas. Why don't you just take a minute and write dad a card? I mean, this is an 18-year-old kid. He doesn't write very many cards. He doesn't share how he, his love language with his anyone at this point very much. And, you know, he felt better. He hung up. And sadly, Phil never made it to Christmas. But Austin didn't wait to write a Christmas card. He, in fact, wrote a three-page love letter that night. And he emailed it to his dad. And it talked about him playing hockey as a kid on the ice with his dad. And he reminisced about the summers at the cabin on the boat. And he just talked about his dad being this this rock star and this role model and how he just adored him for so many reasons. And this 18-year-old kid just poured out his heart in a Mm. three-late. The next morning, I gave Phil this letter. And he read it and he wept and he said, that is the greatest gift a 
a child could ever give their parent is these words of love and respect. And, you know, and you know what? Phil died three days later mm. of complications of prostate cancer. Yeah. And, but no words were left unspoken. And so I write a chapter on that about how profound it is. And Phil wrote us letters and love letters and Christmas cards. And he was all about the written word and all he ever wanted from anyone. He never wanted gifts. He just wanted cards and letters. And I have big binders full of all these cards and letters that he wrote to us and we wrote to him. And that is a legacy. That is a profound legacy that I will have and my children will have and I read through them. And so that's one little lesson if I could leave you, your listeners, is just leave no words unspoken. Reach out to the people that you have in your lives that are alive and kicking that you love. And even if it's a little tough love, it's better to say it than to leave words unspoken. Because if my son hadn't done that, he would have buried his father thinking that, what if dad doesn't know how I feel? And he knew in his heart, he knew exactly how he felt. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, thanks for sharing Jennifer. That's, um, yeah, really, really heartfelt. And I'm sure the uh, audience can hear that as well. So thanks for coming on and sharing your story today. I do want to encourage the guys to out there listening to pick up a copy uh, it's called Beyond Invincible, Live Large, Live Long, and Leave a Profound Legacy. I think it's really important for us all to think about, no matter your age, I think wherever you are in life, I think it's important to to sort of view that and you know make the most of it um, because you never know. But the, um, the the final point too is is really to make sure you're taking care of your health and something that I am really focusing on, always trying to continually improve um, prostate cancer. What is the age that most men should go out there and, and do a check, Jennifer? You know, I think every country has a variation of what they say. All I know is that Phil was diagnosed at 47. So I recommend that that there's a yearly checkup, that there's just um, something that you deal with every year. You go in and see your doctor. He'll do some blood work for various things. This is not just about prostate cancer. This is just a wellness check to just get information on your health. And then... Once you get a PSA, which is a prostate-specific antigens blood test and, a, and an exam, then they just, that's kind of a baseline. And then you just monitor it. And if it ever goes up slightly, guess what? There's a chance you might be developing prostate cancer, but you're going to be one of the 97% of people that survive this disease, which is a huge, I mean, I don't think that many, per, that percentage survive walking the streets or driving in LA. No. You know what I mean? Mm. So this, it's just a great odd in your favor, as long as you get that information and breast cancer awareness as well for women, you know, it's, yes, it's all about making great memories in life, but also taking care of the memories, if you know what I mean. So we've got to just take care of our health, number one. And, and I, I really believe that if, you know, if I, I say, if I could give this book beyond invincible to one person, if I could give it to one person, I would give it to my Phil 10 years ago, because I believe that if he knew these stories in this book, he would be alive today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you've certainly inspired uh, me today and, uh, definitely inspired me to go get the, uh, the health check there with the prostate Good. I think it's uh, I think it's important and, and men typically are those people who sort of put things off like that so um, yeah good good inspiration and thanks again for sharing Jennifer any any final words how can people best reach out to you and connect yeah well uh, my website's probably the best way and you can yep. even get my book um, I have a 40% off for bulk books right now on my website which is JLC at Jennifer L. Carroll which is C-A-R-R-O-L-L dot com. So that's probably the best. You can follow me on Instagram at Jennifer L. Carroll. And Facebook is The Jennifer L. Carroll. Or The 
<laughs> wherever you are in the world. And yeah. so, yeah, that would be great. And I'd, I'd love to hear if you get my book, I'd love to hear your stories because everyone has a story. No one's insulated from, you know, challenges of life and, and yeah. rising from the ruins and, and having resilience. And, and I really wish all of you and thank you, Lee, but I wish everyone just the best and, and may you all live a profound, profound life. And uh, through that living, you will too live a profound, leave a profound legacy. That's um, beautiful. Thank you again, Jennifer. Guys, check it all out at thehiddenwire.com, episode 692. The show notes will be there, including Jennifer's book as well. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thank you for tuning in and listening to today's conversation. I really hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've been able to take something away, something to help you create a more meaningful life, a life with greater freedom, fulfillment, and happiness. Guys, if you love the content that I produce here at The Hidden Why, there are a few ways you can support me. Firstly, connect with me. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can connect with me online at thehiddenwhy.com or via social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. I would love to hear from you guys. I would love to connect with you. If you've got any thoughts, comments, feedback, suggestions, or anything at all that you'd like to ask me, you can reach me at thehiddenwhyguy at gmail.com. While you're there, guys, make sure you subscribe to thehiddenwide.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can be kept up to date with all the new episodes and happenings here at The Hidden Why. If you love what you heard in this episode, guys, or any of the others, please share the love. Share it with your family, friends, and anyone you think that might get some value. If you haven't already done so, you can also leave me a review on iTunes. Simply head over to iTunes, type in The Hidden Why, click the Ratings and Reviews button, and leave me a short message plus a one to five star rating. It helps me reach more people. Once again, guys, I appreciate the time you've taken out of your day to support my show. Until next time, you know what to do. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose, and in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. This is the Hidden Why Podcast. My name is Liam Arnoldsey. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon.